Hey, I want to talk to you from the ninth chapter of Nehemiah. If you've got the YouVersion app, we've got notes in there for you. The ninth chapter is a turnaround chapter in this book. It's, uh, it's parallels almost where we are now, or at least I am going to make those parallels. Today, I want to lay a few foundational principles in your mindset for our journey through March and then into Easter. And so, uh, everybody with me, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 9, and we'll read the first three verses, and uh, I want you to capture what's going on at this moment. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites, hey, here's the great word, gathered together. Fasting and wearing sackcloth. No, not many people will be wearing it, but saying amen to that bit. But I'm putting dust on their heads. Those of the Israelites' uh, descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places, confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood uh, where they were and they read from the book of the law of the Lord for a quarter of the day and they spent another quarter of the day in confession, worshipping the Lord our God. Half a day they had a gathering. I want to kind of capture this moment. And BCC, I really want you to get a hold of where we are now in this lockdown moment. Because what I want to do is lay a few foundational principles in your mind of how we're going to journey back to be the church that we now will become. Are you ready for that? It's exciting, isn't it? As we go into this spring season. You know, we're kind of caught in a moment, aren't we? Where everything is focused upon how are we going to get out of lockdown. But, and it's almost like we're on Google Street Map. We've, we've, we're looking intensely at that location. But can I zoom you out? And I'd like us to look at the big picture because I think God's got a word for you as a person and words for us as the church. You know, BCC as a church, Birmingham uh, City Church, Birmingham Christian Centre, Graham Street Elam has been through many things before in its history and we're not going away easily. You know, this church went through the war and uh, I was talking to some of our members in the war this, uh, this week and they said that they, they got so used to during the war years of forming a habit of walking down the centre of the street that after the war, when the war was over you could always tell Graham Street Elam people as what was our church then because they walked down the centre of the street remember there wasn't as much traffic in those days they walked down the centre of the street to go to church They'd all be in arm and arm and link arms. And somebody asked one time, why do we walk down the center of the street? And they said, because in the war, we wanted to walk away from the buildings and not get shattered on by the glass in case any explosions came. But they kept that habit after the war when there might have been no need for it. I wonder what habits you have picked up in this last year that you're going to have to lay down. This church has been through the crash, the financial crash. It's been through the millennium bug that kind of came to nothing. It's been through so much. 
habits were formed, but yet God has been faithful. This year you've been so much through so much, but here's the first mindset. I want you to remember your value. A father one time gave his son uh, a watch and said, this is our family heirloom, this is our family watch from uh, your grandfather. But before you own it, I want you to take it over to the uh, watchmaker down the road and ask him how much he'll give you for it. The son went down, the watchmaker came back and the watchmaker said, I'll give you five pounds for it because it's so old. He said, go and take it to the coffee shop and, and ask them how much they will give you for this watch. And the, the son dutifully said, now don't sell it to them, just ask them how much they'll give it to you. And the coffee shop said, we'll give you five pounds for it. it, it might be a good display for us behind the counter. He said, now take it to the museum and ask them how much they'll give you for this watch. He said, dad, I went down to the museum, they freaked out and they said, we'll give you a million pounds for this watch and his father said to him that's because they know the value I've got a word for somebody today you need to stop hanging around in situations and in people that don't know your value that are calling you five pounds when actually God looks at you and he says you're a million pounds worth you need to understand that God values you right now as a Christian, as a church member, as a person in our society. You know, we may not have been able to meet, but we have had a tremendous effect on society. Last Sunday in the Sunday Express, don't judge me, I don't read it, I just picked up on it. The last Sunday in the Sunday Express, an article by David Williamson said this, more than a third of non-Christians, uh, non 34 now agree that local churches are making a positive difference in their community. That's up by 20% three years ago. During this time, the overall share of UK adults who think that the church is helping the community has gone from 35% to 42%. Cabinet Office uh, Minister Michael Gove, don't boo, uh, praised the contribution of the churches as the country battles COVID-19. This is what he said, Cabinet Minister said. The church has been there for all of us. It's been burying our dead, it's been comforting our bereaved, it's been feeding our poor, it's being praying for the nation and now the church is determined to play a critical and central role an important role in building back better and enabling us to come out of this pandemic stronger and more united I know he carried on and said that there are millions across the country millions whose faith inspires them every day to do more for those around them more than a third of non-Christians agree that the church is making a positive difference. Labour leader Sakir Starmer also applauded the contribution of faith groups in the pandemic saying, I have been struck by how much faith in this time of difficulty in our country has given solace to its people. It has been wonderful to see how churches have adapted to meet the needs of their communities with countless examples of stepping up 
lot for them. Now we've got a vaccine. It's a very powerful thing to see some churches becoming transforming themselves into vaccination centers. Congregation me- members volunteering in other areas. Leaders offering hope, the hope that we need. People are now more likely not to think that the British churches uh, are a waste of time, but actually now they are a force for good in their local communities. That's what the pandemic's done. We have now become something that the world sees. Those people have something, and maybe they have something that we don't have. I want you to see the big picture today, BCC, that actually it it doesn't matter who values you and doesn't value you, you are valuable. You, by who, what you're doing, who you're becoming, who you are being, is making a difference to this world. Today, I want to talk to you about some mindsets of how we're going to walk back to be the church we are to be in the future. And in Nehemiah chapter 9, Nehemiah also gathers the people and says, okay, let's talk about what your thinking's like if we're going to be the people that God has called us to be. The first thing that Nehemiah reminds them is, and I want to remind you, let's just talk not just who's affirming us and who's saying good things, but let's talk about the big story. Nehemiah reminds them, look in verse 6, it says, You have made the heavens and the earth, Lord, and all the host uh, of the earth, and, and there is nothing that you haven't made. Remember, you are created. You're not just battling through a, a pandemic that's out of your control. It may be out of your control, but as a created person, God knows you, he formed you, and he's got his eye on you. You're created. Second thing that Nehemiah reminds them in verse 7 is that they are chosen. They says that God chose you and, and in Christ we are chosen. You are firstly created. You are chosen. These are mindsets that you've got to start getting into your heart and life. Stop just thinking oh how am I going to get out of lockdown? Oh when am I going to get my hair cut? But start thinking I'm a chosen child of God. I need to work, I work, work and live that way. The third thing that Nehemiah reminded them of in verse 9 is that they are redeemed from being lost. Nehemiah said to them, and you saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea. How many people in this place and those of you watching that you've had your own Red Sea experience where you were lost and in slavery and God led you through to freedom and complete uh, uh, wholeness and abundant life that Kevin talked about earlier. You're chosen, you're created, you are redeemed. And also, Nehemiah reminds them as they gathers them together that God speaks to them personally. In verse 13 it says, you came down from Mount Zion, at Mount Sinai and spoke to them from heaven and gave them the right rules and good statutes and commandments. Nehemiah has built a wall and he's reminding them of things so that he can say to them this, what state are we in at the moment? And I want to ask you, BCC, I want to ask you who might be watching, what state are you in at the moment? We have to assess where are we at 
as Christians, as church, as community. We need to be able to say, what are we going to be as church and the individuals in the church? What habits have we fallen into? What have we neglected this year? You see, Nehemiah is basically saying, hey, I've built a wall, we've built a wall, now how are we going to live in this wall? How are we going to be the people who we are supposed to be? If you look in verse 3, for a whole half a day, they spend confessing and worshipping. They stood up and they read the law and they worshipped and they made room for a new habit. They'd not been doing that. And I want to say to you, if we're going to gather, if we're going to be the church for the city that we are called to be, if you as a person are going to live out your million pound value and actually you're priceless, you're going to have to make room for some new habits now. I'm talking to people all the time who come to the building and they say, hey, you know what, I almost forgot how to get here. Uh, uh, it's not a, uh, an uncommon thing for people to say that. How will you engage now with the mission of the church? How are you going to say uh, that you're the presence of, uh, of God's people uh, in the place where you are, but also as a gathered community now? How are you going to be filled up for yourself? I'm going to talk to you uh, today about some warnings that Nehemiah has, but I want to remind you that as we come back out of lockdown... We are to be that community that says we might be changed, but we are still created, chosen, redeemed, and God still speaks to us. We are valuable church, and we've got to live that value out. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 9, it's one of the great chapter 9 chapters. You can read a great prayer in Nehemiah chapter 9 of, of, of how Nehemiah tells the story so far and says, look, this is what we are like. This is how we've gone wrong. This is how we must carry on. He does a story so far. In Ezra chapter 9, Ezra gives a great prayer of, of confession and, and coming close to God. In Daniel chapter nine, Daniel intercedes and all the chapter nine prayers prove this one truth, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. And BCC, we said we would pray through this pandemic. We have prayed through this pandemic. Don't stop praying now. Let's finish it through and break through because Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, come on you at home if you know it with me, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal our land, Lord. Heal this land, Lord. And that's the cry of our hearts. And we mustn't get slack about prayer right now. We mustn't kind of think, oh, it, Boris has given us a roadmap. I'm telling you something today. It's not Boris's roadmap. It's God's pathway that I want to follow. I'm going to pray it through and make sure we get there. 
So today, let me kind of say to you this. Even in our dark time, it can teach us valuable things. This may have been an awful year, but it doesn't have to feed our dark side. We're going to have to confront some of the negative things that have built up in our lives and developed over the past weeks and months. And we need to bring some of those into the light. So if you don't mind, I want to kind of call some things out that may be happening, but I want you to understand something. That right now, today, we have to start building a mindset to say, okay, what is that future church going to be like? We need to focus on this. You know, it's interesting to me that Nehemiah calls them together for a gathered time, and it says that they separate themselves off. And I want to say to you this week, you're going to have to take a little bit of recalibration time and separation time and and say, well, God, where am I at? You see, uh, separation just on its own is like isolation. You know, do you remember that Ceylon, well, how do you say her name? Ceylon Dion, or I don't know how to say her name. Uh, you know, she sung a song, didn't she? All by myself, I want to be all by myself. Separation without devotion is just isolation. Mind you, some of us around, were around in the 1975 when Eric Carmen sang that, but that's another story. You'll remember Ceylon, Sion. what's her name? Dion, Celine, Celine, Celine Dion. Thank you team. You see, it's great to have a crowd back. <laughs> devotion, however, without separation is just hypocrisy. I want to say to you, BCC, it's time for one or two of us, for all of us, to get alone with God and say, God, how am I doing? How how is things? It's time for recalibration. It's time for us to say, well, where am I at? You see, many of us, we're going to say, oh, I'd love to go back to church. But actually, in our minds, it's an event It's like a party, something to go to, enjoy. Actually, I want to build into your life and into your mindset. It's got to become a commitment, a habit, a lifestyle. It's got to be something that you say, that's what I do. And you haven't been doing it for a year, so you need to build it back into your life. But let's remember something. Nehemiah reminds them. When Nehemiah points out some of the dangers, he also points out, look at verse 19 in chapter 9. He says, because of your great compassion, you did not abandon us. You know what? God has not abandoned his church. God hasn't left us flailing in the darkness, wondering when the light will come. He has walked with us every step of the way. And he's with you right now. And he's going to build into your life and strengthen you and make it so that you can be that disciple that he's called you to be. There are some things we need to guard against so that our dark side doesn't get fed. And Nehemiah confronted some of these things. And I'm just going to pick out a few basic things. And they are basic things. You know, most sermons end up with this conclusion. Read your Bible more, pray more. You know, but actually there is much more to to the Christian life than that. But when we don't allow Scripture 
And our active obedience to Scripture to play a central note in our lives, then we begin to drift. I'm going to build on this. But Nehemiah, he points that out. In verse 16, look at verse 16 in chapter 9. It says, But they, our ancestors, became arrogant, became stiff-necked, and they did not obey your commands. Listen, if we're going to be the church that we need to be, we need to put the scripture and our active obedience to it right back in the center of our lives. You may have not been able to be provoked by coming to church, and you've been great by logging on and doing all of that, but now it's time to say, even if the internet goes down, I'm still going to follow the scripture and I'm going to walk in the ways that it's telling me to do. This week, I'm asking you to read something in the word and then to live it out actively. I believe that God's word isn't just for building up a store of knowledge, but he's going to provoke you to do something directly what you read this week. The bottom line is, if we don't take God's word seriously, we kind of go into some sort of a soul slavery. Nehemiah actually pointed this out in verse 36 of chapter 9. He says, but see, we, we are slaves today, even though we're living in the land. Even though we're eating the fruit of the land, we've still got slavery in our soul because we have not obeyed your commands. First thing, let's, in our mindset, before we think about coming back to church and, and gathering, let's begin to say, well, I don't know about gathering, but I am going to gather myself around the word and I'm going to act it out. And that's my commitment. Begin to say that to yourself. Begin to say that to your family. The second thing that Nehemiah pointed out to this gathered community as they were coming back to be who they were supposed to be is they had completely ignored trusted prophetic input into their lives. There are so many voices today. But we need to hear a trusted prophetic input into our lives. I want to say to you that one of the beauties of being a gathered church is that you get a now word of God. You may be with somebody and they, they put their arm around you and pray for you and they speak a word into your life. You haven't had that for a while. You've got to begin to open up and say, well, God, I want to hear that now word. Nehemiah uh, said this in verse 26, but they were disobedient and they rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law. Watch how the progression goes. They let the Bible go slack in their lives. They killed your prophets. The next stage is you become closed off to prophetic input. When was the last time that somebody spoke into your life? Now, let me say it this way, though. It's got to be trusted prophetic input. And that's one of the dangers that we've got today in the fact that we're not gathering, that prophetic input's coming from all over. Actually, let me point something out to you. In the Old Testament, the prophets were to the nation. 
actually, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't prophets to this nation. However, let me say to you, in the New Testament, the, the role of the prophetic moves over to the local church. That actually prophets were given primarily to the church for its building up. And that now word comes as you gather in community and that you know somebody with a track record and the community confirms it. That's how you know a trusted word. It's based on scripture. It's given with somebody with a track record and it's confirmed with your relational community around you. That's how you have a now word. I want to say to you, BCC, as we think about regathering, and next week I'm going to tell you some plans about regathering. We want to have some elders meetings and begin to gather that plan. But as you think about regathering, you have to begin to say to yourself, you know what, God, I want you to speak to me and give me a now word, not just from some prophet over the pond on the internet but actually from somebody who loves you, who knows you, who's committed to you, who's been praying with you, who you've watched their life and you say, well, I trust them. You've got to begin to open up and say, you know what, instead of getting my prophetic diet from some stranger in the, over on the internet, I want to actually look somebody in the eyeballs and say, thank you for praying for me. That word means something for me. That's what we need to get back to. And that's what Nehemiah was saying. He said, you killed the prophets. You've turned your back on that thing because now you've hunkered down and bunkered down. And we've hunkered down and bunkered down and we become islands in ourselves looking at screens. But I can't wait to look at your eyeballs. And then we begin to speak into each other's lives. That's what a gathered community will do. And that's one of the differences why online will never replace the gathered church. Third thing that Nehemiah said was, is that we need to be open to the suddenly of God. And we need to remember the grace-filled intervention that God has done. We need to remember that some things have happened in your life that couldn't have happened unless God did them. Do you remember those things? You see, we're, we've been in this pandemic whereby we think everything's out of our control. But several years times through this year, God has punched through the darkness and said, I'm here, I'm still doing miracles. I'm still working. We even heard this week of somebody whose cancer has been pushed back. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 17 says that they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles performed amongst them. Have you forgotten that God wants to punch into your life and to do something that you can't explain? Don't let this current suffering make you have a theology that says miracles are not possible. They are possible. And by the way, there used to be an old hymn, uh, count your blessings, uh, name them one by one, and you'll be amazed what God has done. 
You know what the Bible and what, what psychologists tell us that gratitude is great for our mental health. I wonder today whether you could begin to thank God for the things that he has done not for the things that we haven't got yet. If you could begin to list some of the things, well, God, you did that. You did that for me. You, you are coming uh, to me with miracles and with your grace interventions. And when you do that, gratitude builds, and then you become more open to his moving. Are you ready to regather? Or are you just thinking that you'll get off your couch and then walk back into the church and things will just happen. No, you have got to begin to get a mindset that says, I am putting your word first. I am open to prophetic input and people speaking into my life. And also, God, I want to see you bursting into my life and leading me, like I said on the prayer, in dramatic ways. We've got to begin now to open our mindset up to the active presence of God. He really is here. I have two more little things. Nehemiah warned them that they had set up false authorities in their life. In fact, later on in this year, I'm going to do a series on how to break and bust strongholds in your mind. Uh, because I feel like our mental health needs nurturing and needs caring for at this moment. But you know, it says that not only did they refuse to remember the miracles, but they became stiff-necked and in their rebellion they appointed leaders who led them back into slavery. Hey, listen to me. What voices are you listening to right now? You've put a lot of store in them. You've, you've Googled them. You've internet looked at them. You've done all sorts of things. But actually, the fruit of their voice in your life is to make you feel less free and more fearful. You need to get that voice out of your life. You need to begin to say, well, this is not the right leader for me. All this has done is make me suspicious and not in unity. It's, it's kind of, all it's done, you may think you're right, but is that voice actually producing good fruit in your life? It doesn't matter whether that voice is right. If it's not making you a closer disciple, if it's just winding you up and getting you frustrated, you need to get that voice out of your life. And that's what Nehemiah said. He said, hey, we've got to live together. We've got to be a society together. You have got the wrong leaders. I wonder who is the authority in your life right now. Let's put some scripture there. Let's put the now word of God there, the, the prophetic word of God. Let's, let's begin to open up to his miracles and his, his grace interventions. I, I, just, uh, we just, uh, I did a prophecy. Uh, just felt like I should prophesy over some of the elders. And one of the elders, I, I said to the elders, hey, I just feel like some of you are going to get a promotion. And I don't usually do that. You know, this isn't me. I'm very cautious about saying things like that. One of the elders called me this week and said, Mark, I've got a promotion. You see, it's a suddenly of God. And God wants to speak into your life. Come on, open up, church. It's time now to get off your couch and out of your pajamas and begin to say, you know what? 
It's church time. It's meeting God time. It's God speaking into me time. It's time to be disciples. It's time to be the church that God has called us to be. It's time to do the walk back to be the BCC for the city that it's supposed to be. God's got a plan for you. He's not forgotten you. You're chosen, created, redeemed, and he wants to speak to you. Come on, somebody give me a clap offering on the feed. He really is. We need to remember, like Nehemiah said, we are a physical community. Online's great. And thank you so much for logging on. And I love some of your comments on the feed. I love it. But you know, we need to move to engagement more than a few comments on the feed. We need to move to, well, you've said that, now how am I going to believe and behave? It's much more, discipleship is much more than commenting on a feed. And I know that you know that, and I'm not saying that you don't know that. But we need to remember that we're a physical community whereby we speak to each other, whereby we love each other, whereby we serve each other. So I want to say to you, can you begin to change your mindset of how things have been this past year? From just looking at screens to start thinking of how you're going to be when the community comes back together. You see, we don't have to let, we don't have to live in the dark. We don't have to just let things happen to us and things to grow stronger over us. We, we have to begin to take active steps to get the light into our lives. I'm going to close by some basic holiness teaching to break some things over your life. In Romans chapter 6, verse 11 to 14, it reads like this. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, don't let sin reign in in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness, for sin shall not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. It's time for us to spend some time saying, where are we at? What's been taken away from us during this year? What have we gained? There's been some good things. But Nehemiah said, now look, I need to call you to remember some things. I want you to remember the word of God. I want you to remember miracles. I want you to remember God's voice. I want you to remember that I make suddenly in, in, inroads into your life. And you've got to begin to say now, Count yourself dead to some of the plans of sin. Begin to say, well, I'm having no part of that plan for my life. Some of you may have drifted away from God over this past year. You may log on only occasionally. You might watch me on replay. And you've got to stop saying that and say, you know what, I don't want the plans of sin in my life. I'm counting them dead. I'm, I'm cutting myself off from the basic holiness teaching. Do not let sin reign. Get out of the presence of sin. Refuse the plans of sin, but get out of the presence of sin. Get out of the presence of things that want to dominate you in a bad way. And then offer yourself to the right things. Give yourself to the purpose of God.
So refuse the plans of sin, get out of the presence of sin and offer yourself to the purpose of God. Basic holiness teaching. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back because perhaps now is the time for you to make a new beginning in God. He's a good God. He's a very good God. Be encouraged that he always wants you to make a fresh start. And so right from this week, hey, I'm talking to parents. I'm talking to people who are doing church in their convenience time. Right from this week, it's time to start making some new church patterns ready for regathering. It's time to start whispering into your children's ear and say, hey, you know, we're going to go back to church. So that thing that we always do on Sunday mornings and we watch church later, we won't be able to do that. It's time to start making some new church patterns. Don't think that when we come back to church that you tell your kids the day before. You need to be start saying to them right now and beginning to say, hey, we're, we're a family that goes to church and we haven't been able to go to church, but right now we're going to start going back to church. Don't know when it is yet, but I want you to know, my little uh, Johnny or my little Sally, that that's what we do. Begin to speak it into your children now. Because you see, you've got to be start creating the mindset in yourself. I'm not asking you to get up on Sunday mornings and put a tie on and put a suit on and sit on your couch at home. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to get all dressed up for church in your lounge. But what I'm asking you to do is to begin to have the mindset that says, you know what? It's change time and I've got to get ready. Where am I at? It's regathering time and I've got to get ready. Where am I at? Don't say, oh, Pastor Mark, just say the word and I'll be back, I'll be there. But will it be a one-off or will it be a lifestyle? Unless you change your mindset, it will be a one-off. And you'll go back to logging on on the screen because that's more convenient. You see, you've got to begin to ask yourself some serious questions. What is my ministry? I love you. So glad you're still doing your ministry. You've got to start asking yourself, well, what's my ministry? What's my ministry in the gathered community? What's my ministry in the wider community, in my street? What's my ministry? Come on, we've got to get out of lockdown, not just in our physical selves, but in our mindset, in our spiritual set, in our mentality. We've got to begin to say, what's my ministry? So, this week, what do you need to stop? Is there something that's built up? What do you need to stop? And this week, what do you need to start? Maybe we all need to start saying, God, I am so valuable and you love me so much. I am going to start my discipleship again. Let's sing together, shall we? And then I'm going to come back and pray over you.